It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Victory Monday here on Locked On Dolphins. What's up, Dolphins fans? This is your host, Kyle Krabs, director of scouting at draftnetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and reveling in another Victory Monday here on Locked On Dolphins. Not one, not two, not three, not four, but five in a row. We're going to talk about it here on the show. Buckle in. It's time for Locked On Dolphins. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins, and we are dialed in to Club Dub yet again. With the Miami Dolphins pushing their record this season to 6-7, and seven, courtesy of a victory over the New York Giants at Hard Rock Stadium on Sunday. Final score, 20-9. to nine. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first listen. Regarding your Miami Dolphins, I know there's a lot of great options out there. I do know today, we're a little behind the eight ball. I was in Atlanta for business. SEC Championship game, Georgia-Alabama, lots of good prospects there. And I was traveling home on Monday morning, which is why you're getting this podcast a little later than you usually do. But I wanted to make sure you guys got an authentic experience here and not just me checking the box. Oh, I got to get the podcast out. No, I want to take my time with this one. Slow, meticulous, petty at times, including reacting to Logan Ryan's comments after the game. And I think that's that's where we need to start, not necessarily with New York Giants defensive back Logan Ryan, who took a, a pot shot at two after the game, but more so the style of play that the Dolphins are playing. And we've, we've kind of talked about how the Dolphins are trying to navigate their limitations. But I think what you are really seeing, this marriage of stylistic play, the quick passing game, zero to nine yards of depth. Doesn't really feel like West Coast offense extension of the running game. Because let's be honest, the Dolphins can't run the ball with any consistency. They are averaging 3.4 yards per carry this season across all carries as a six and seven football team. It's not ideal, gonna be honest. But when you can complete at the efficiency rate that the Dolphins are completing these 0-9 to yard passes, despite the fact that everybody knows they're coming and they drive opposing defenses so crazy that defenders can't help themselves after the game but to violate one of the unwritten rules of football and start taking shots at the opposing quarterback after you just lost it to that player, which says more about you than it does about him, I think that's a really interesting dynamic here. And if it's that vanilla and that simple, well, then you'd stop it. And and of course, the Dolphins didn't blow the Giants out of the water. Tua didn't pass for 400 yards, but he was efficient 
They did take care of the football. He was once again highly hitting at a clip from zero to nine yards. The shots that he did take further than 10 yards down the field, I thought were good selections to make. They weren't always accurate throws due to pressure. But that's the other thing that we have to remember here. This isn't just Tua can't throw the ball downfield. And I do think Tua's weakest part of his game right now is his progression-based progression based reads and anticipation and pure progressions further down the field. But there's an offensive line dynamic here. There's skill player availability dynamics here. There's a run game dynamic player here. And the Dolphins being able to find the right strings to pull, to tightrope it, to keep the passing game efficient and effective, utilizing that as an extension of the run game. This was not what we envisioned when we said the Dolphins were a team that was built to pass to set up the run, but damn it, that's what we've got. They are passing to spite the run in a lot of ways. And you've seen some success in the running game over the course of this five-game winning streak. But ultimately, at the end of the day, these completions underneath, free access, rubs, quick motion, slice, play-action pass, RPO, that's what this offense is doing really well right now. There's going to have, this is not a sustainable model of success year over year over year. But is anybody going to expect the players to be the same year over year over year? Or are they going to get better and improve and add new skills? Are you going to add new players to the mix? I want to keep the same energy that I kept last year with Chan Gailey. And I was somebody who appreciated what Chan Gailey's offensive ideology with the players that they had was trying to do. But it wasn't always pretty. It didn't always work. It was clunky and herky-jerky, and the success came in spurts. And this effort for Miami against the Giants wasn't too dissimilar as far as some frustrating starts to the games. You know, usually they've been pretty good opening script. This was the other way around. They scored all 20 of their points in the second and fourth quarters. They won the middle eight. Good for them. But I do think we can appreciate that you're not going to show up and just win by 40. You're not Bama playing Morgan State every week, right? And apologies to any Morgan State grads listening to the show. But the NFL is tough. It's a, we went three years with Adam Gase where I think we won three games by more than one score. Miami, and this it's not all an offensive effort. Obviously, the defense allowing nine points goes a long way. Xavier Howard's interception. But the Dolphins the last two years now have won 16 games and counting. And more than half of those games between the Changaley era that was frustrating for offensive football in a lot of ways, and what you now have this year, which is a work in progress. They've still managed to find ways to win football games by multiple scores, too. A 20-9 to victory. And you left three points out there because Jason Sanders missed another kick, and thank goodness for the penalty, otherwise he'd have missed another one. And we'd all have been white-knuckling the edge of our seats, clenching our butt cheeks, hoping that the Dolphins didn't let the Giants back into this game. But when they talk about complementary football, this is the idea. This is the thought. 
and you're seeing this now, and this is a very, very, very different departure from what we saw during the seven-game losing streak when we were willing to look at the identity of, of the key pillars of this organization say, well, hey, look, if you've got a head coach who's defensive-oriented and preaches discipline, and neither one of those, thing, those things have regressed massively, we've got to see how this thing plays out over the course of the year. And that's why you take the approach of we need to see how it plays out because, oh boy, over the last five weeks, has this changed? This is a dramatically different experience. There's dramatically different energy. So that's why I personally try to take the process approach, right? We got to acknowledge what led us to one and seven while also tipping our cap to what has got us to six and seven with now the buy. And one of the biggest changes on the offensive side of the ball has been finding the right balance and mix of core principles and different ways to get there. The touchdown pass to Isaiah Ford. How many times have you seen from right to left a three-level levels concept with somebody in a slice motion out of the backfield into the flat, somebody off the backside on an intermediate drag, and somebody on the play side who runs the deep corner? Happens multiple times a week. But they're finding enough different ways to get there that you lose track of Isaiah Ford in the corner and it's a touchdown pass. So if you missed Logan Ryan's comments of, have you ever been in a situation when you're on your third string quarterback? And he says, yes, but you know, it could be the backup, emergency backup if need be. I don't know if you guys saw my highlight tape from high school of me playing quarterback, but I can also throw two-yard passes to my left like Tua. Well, we, we can get into the nuts and bolts of how sustainable long-term this approach is. But what I do know is it just put 20 points on the Giants and put them at 4-8 and eight this season. So condolences on the loss. Let me know if this sounds familiar. You've got a device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings you your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite movies, sports, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes. No need to buy another device ever again. And the best part is there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Content by package has also varied. How's that for a segue? By this Dolphins rookie class. We're talking about evaluating Brian Flores and seeing the change 
in his team. They played a disciplined game against the Giants. The defense is alive. The five-game win streak, they're averaging less than 12 points allowed per game. I believe I saw that they're up to 11th in scoring defense in the NFL. We have seen the contents varying for the rookie class, and it is on a steady upward climb. The first month of the season, nah, eh, like, the guys are there. You're wondering where the big impact plays are, right? Jalen Waddell's averaging 8.8 yards per catch, and he's still not averaging 20 yards per reception, but he had 11 targets, 9 catches for 90 yards, plus contributions in the run game. Yeah, Jalen Phillips didn't have a single sack in his first three games. Everybody's calling him a bust in the next Charles Harris. Guy's got five sacks in two games. Another two against the Giants. Broke the rookie sack record for Miami Dolphins franchise history. He's at eight and a half on December 5th. Jalen Waddell, 85 receptions. Went up over Jarvis Landry's rookie reception franchise record on December 5th. We didn't get this on the 17th game with a new longer season. These dudes got these records with a month to spare. And that doesn't even acknowledge the presence of Javon Holland and what he has done on the back end of this defense. The dynamic playmaking, nose for the football. It's a different player than Bobby McCain. And now you're seeing the vision as to why. And why that change was made. This is a very, very, very exciting group. We're talking about evaluating the Brian Flores resume. If you are evaluating the Chris Greer resume, and you can find the reasons why the offensive line, what the blockades were to bringing in veteran talent, to complement what you have in young talent, and you address that issue, there's a lot of hits from 2021. And you know how it came? It didn't just come by drafting for need. No, it happened to coincide with need. But if you review who we perceive before the draft to be the best available players and talents for Miami and the kind of football that they were aspiring to run, these were the best players on the board. You just drafted good players and you worried about the rest. Might have taken you a little bit of time to figure out how to maximize them. Might have taken you a little bit of time to onboard them and get them comfortable conceptually with what we're doing. But these three rookies played a starring role for the Dolphins in a 20-9 victory. And two of them were rewarded by record-setting performances for their rookie campaigns in the history of this franchise. With a month to spare. Giggity. If that doesn't get the juices flowing for you, I don't know what will. Maybe we got to talk a little bit more about Tua Tungvaloa, because I know everybody loves this debate that exists. And we, talk, we touched on a little bit about the Dolphins finding the balance and conceptually what they're doing. And I thought Tua didn't play his best game early. Missed some throws, a little skittish with pressure. That's okay. 
it's not a pot shot. I'm not not Logan Ryan in the guy. I'm just giving my observations on on his play. But I did think in crunch time and later into the game, he settled in well. The touch throw he made to Mike Gusecki might have been his best throw of the day. The throw he put up over the middle of the field beyond 20 yards for Jalen Waddle. Very nice throw, good anticipation, put it out for him to go up and make a play. And of course, the efficiency and ball production. Everybody was sitting here hoping he was going to get over 80% completion. Quite frankly, you know, I could, could not have cared less. I wanted an efficient game. I wanted to take care of the football. I wanted to make plays in critical situations on third downs, in the red zone, and in two-minute offense. What do you look like? And those were areas that, despite a shaky start, I thought Tua put a good effort forward in all of those fronts. And for that reason, I'm very pleased with the overall body of work. And again, I want to reiterate this. Tua's palette and menu as a quarterback and concepts that he has success with and is very comfortable with is going to have to expand with time. But the horses you got now are the horses that you've got to work with. From an offensive line perspective, a skill player perspective, what two his strengths and weaknesses are today, are not, you're not going to wake up tomorrow and he's going to upgrade to a new level of quarterback that's going to have X, Y, and Z at his disposal that he doesn't have right now that you feel like he can really execute at a high level with consistency. So continue to do the things here and now until your next opportunity, a la the offseason, to facilitate change, to help unlock that growth potential, help unlock upgrades across the roster. Keep that. I don't know if this is going to work through the final four-game stretch, but what I do know is it does give the Dolphins the best chance to win the game. Might be a little boring at times. Might be a little frustrating to watch. But this is what Tua right now does really well. And I will give the offensive staff credit for finding ways to put him in position to be successful. Not asking him to do a bunch of five and seven step drop back passing like you were down 28 points in a game and just hope and pray to the football gods above that the offensive line is going to hold up and it's going to work. There's some nice wrinkles in what they're doing with play action passing with power pull with a guard and pass pro throwing off those linebackers, create some void so that ball can still get out quickly. Great. But the core of what Miami's identity on offense right now is has to grow with time. But it's also what it has to be right now for the sake of the offense and for the sake of the quarterback who's executing it based on what I think his strengths and weaknesses are, and presumably what the coaches also perceive his strengths and weaknesses as a player are as well. This holiday season, grab a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar, Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered with chocolate, but amazing low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, but high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy, with so many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. It's the season of peace and love, so do me a favor. Don't bring your favorite Built Bar to family parties because people are so passionate about their favorite flavor, they're going to fight you for them. 
friends with Santa. Tell Santa to throw Built Bars in those stockings for all your loved ones with so many flavors they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. You can go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and save 15% off your next order. That's Built.com, promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order. This holiday season, BetOnline has you covered for all of the props, odds, and lines than ever before. In the march to the playoffs, perhaps you're looking for a little bit more gift money to spend in the next few weeks. BetOnline, your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, and it is where the game starts. So where are we at? Dolphins. Right around 12% playoff odds. I did see Joe Shad drop from, I believe it was New York Times. If the Dolphins win their next four games their last four games, they're going to have an 88% chance to make the playoffs. I just did a playoff scenario yesterday that had Miami getting in with nine wins. It's possible. you got to take care of business. And it starts with the Jets in two weeks. At home. Divisional opponent. You've already played him and beat him once. I'm glad you're going to get the rest. I'm glad you're going to get the extra preparation time for, the, for a, a divisional opponent. You're at home. And then you go on the road for two games that I think are interesting because New Orleans, their quarterback situation is kind of in flux. They're a physically talented team when they're healthy. They have not been healthy to this point. Primetime football game, but also more importantly, it's an indoor game. So it's a road game, but you're not exposed to the elements. And everybody remembers how last year's Week 17 game influenced the Dolphins in the elements in a game that they lost, uncharacteristically played in just about every phase. Then you go to Tennessee. Might be cold, and it'll be 35. Or at least I'd be very surprised if it's 35. And then you're back home against New England. We find ourselves playing meaningful December football after a 1-7 start. The Dolphins are in the hunt. And there's probably a lot of Dolphins fans who roll their eyes at that phrase, in the hunt, because Dolphins have perpetually been in the hunt and a day late and a dollar short on actually getting it in and getting into the dance. A lot of times. And I get it. I really do. But I'll say this. If Brian Flores is the head coach that we thought he was coming into this season, Obviously, a 1-8 start raised some questions. The response to that 1-8 start, or 1-7 start, I think has given us some clarity that he might still be who we thought he was. And if Tua Tungvalo is the quarterback that many of us thought he could be when they drafted him at number 5 overall, in the hunt means something different with a good quarterback and a good head coach. It means exciting times. We don't know if they're going to be able to finish this thing off. But what I do know is I am more fascinated by being in the hunt right now than I was in 2018 with Adam Gase after the Miami Miracle, than I was at any point in the Joe Philbin era, 
because this team, it seems it's got its swagger back. They had us in the first half, not going to lie. But they also, it seems like they have rediscovered their identity as a football team. And if you can hold true to that and you can lean into that and you get a couple bounces of the ball, in the hunt doesn't mean, oh, well, we're on the fringe. In the hunt means we've got momentum. We're going to go out and take what belongs to us. And I would love nothing more than to see this Dolphins team amid the start that they had to embrace that kind of mentality and go out and take this damn thing. We're going to find out if they have the chance to do that, but not for a while because we're checked into Club Dub. We got to buy this upcoming weekend. That's some fun content as a result. Appreciate you guys tuning into Locked on Dolphins. Make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Fins up. Enjoy the rest of your victory Monday, and I will talk with you guys again tomorrow. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.